welcome to Theatre Club, the podcast in which we discuss what's going on in London theatre with reviews, news and our top tips for what shows you should be booking to see. There's also a cocktail or two to help us along the way. I'm Madeline and I'm here with Oscar, Ruby and Alice. Hello. Hello. Hi. It's really nice to have you back, Alice. Thanks. Uh, and it's actually really nice to have all of us here. It's the um, first time since the first time. What? Is that right? Is it yeah. really the first time since the first time? Episode one was the last time the four of us were together. God, we're yeah. rubbish, aren't we? <laughs> Guys, I, I kind of feel a song coming on. Yeah, it's <laughs> the last of the four of us. Oh, for God's sake. Tomorrow there'll be more of us. Less of us. <laughs> Let's face it, next week we'll be back to three, probably. Yeah, Yeah, probably for the next three months. But, you know, (laughs) hey-ho. Anyway, we've got loads to talk about. Uh, We've got a couple of good reviews. Um, We've got a roundup of the best immersive shows um, on at the moment. And um, we'll tell you how you can still get tickets to see some Olivier-winning shows. But we'll start with Alice's top tip, as usual. So, Alice, what's your top tip this week? So, my tip of the week is... Train Spotting, which is on at the Waterloo Vaults. It's an immersive show. It's 75 minutes long, which we love straight through. And it's obviously based on the famous novel. We all went and saw it when it was first on at the King's Head Theatre. It was then on again, and Madeline, you went and saw it. Yeah, I saw it twice. So at the King's Head Theatre and at the Waterloo Vaults. And it's on till the 3rd of June, just quite a limited run. And then it's going to New York. Isn't it? Really? Yes. And then it's going to Edinburgh. Crikey. It started in Edinburgh, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. At the Fringe, I believe. Yeah. And it is a very Fringe show, isn't it? Oh, I. Small cast, small set, but very inventive, very fun, a um, lot of audience participation. Ruby, you actually got brought up on stage, do you I remember? I did. I did. One of, my, <gasps> one of my finest moments. I loved that. That was so funny. Although, actually, it was quite scary. I was trying to remember what he actually said to me earlier today when I was thinking about this, and I can't remember what happened, but he sort of pulled me up on stage. And he was really quite aggressive to me. I remember him being sort of like right in my face. So the other thing to mention with the show is that there are two ticket prices. There's the general admission ticket, which means you sit on the floor and you're very much part of the play. Or you can have the seated tickets, which means you've got a you know a dedicated seat that you'll sit in. I would totally go for the general admission tickets, don't you think? Are they cheaper? By ten pounds. Oh yes, wow, that's still good though. And did you did you say you've already seen it at the vaults? As I've well? seen it at the vaults oh, as well. Good. Yeah. So it's, and how did it compare? It was well. Personally, I thought it was better at the King's Head Theatre because it felt more intimate. Whereas at the vaults, because the vaults is just like imagine a long sort of like it's like a long railway arch. Yeah. And um, but it's so for people. Obviously, I'm from Edinburgh. Lived in Edinburgh in the eighties. Wasn't addicted to heroin. Um, but it's so true to the because novel because I was three. <laughs> it's more the novel rather than the film, and that's what's good about this. So it's the, it's like the original what Irvin Welsh kind of wanted it to be. Um, it's really critique nudity. That's worth mentioning. Quite, I remember there was a, quite a few people walked out of both performances that I saw because I think they were a bit taken aback because it's pretty. Yeah, it's really on. in your face. It's totally really full on. What would you be expecting then when you went to an immersive production of Train Spotting? I find that so bizarre that you'd walk out of an immersive production. It's not a bum, it's a dick. <laughs> yeah, but still, they've surely. And balls! I'd say, you know, I'd pay, I'd pay an extra fiver. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very gritty, real. I loved it. Go and see it. And I think, am I right in thinking Time Out? Time Out have a special offer on at the minute. So instead of the general admission seats being 25, they're doing them for 20, yeah. but only for the month of April. Okay. 
but it's so oh it's so good and I definitely think it's worth getting the twenty pound ticket to sit at the front sit within the within yeah. the show because that's the that's the best part I think. yeah have a drink as well before you go because it's quite reevey you sort of you can get a bit of a yeah yeah I remember we went to a matinee yeah. and it was kind of <laughs> because you kind of went from being you know daylight Saturday afternoon in Islington into, into a seedy Edinburgh club yeah yeah basically You're like whoa. Another immersive show on at the moment that I've been to see is Somni. We've talked about this a couple of times. Yeah. And it was really, really good. <gasps> right. It was really good. Uh-huh. So it's a mix, it's a real mixture between theatre and virtual reality. So quite a lot of it, you're wearing a VR headset. And then the rest of it, there are actors. And I really don't want to sort of give too much about it away because it's a very kind of... It's really an experience that I think you don't want to know beforehand what's going to happen to you because the sort of surprise element of it and the sort of strangeness of bits of it and how it kind of unnerves you and stuff is really is really what it's all about. So I don't want to go into the detail of that, but you experience lots of different emotions and kind of feelings and sensations as you go through it. So everything from there were bits that like really made me sort of smile and like, you know, have a big grin on my face. There were bits where I was really scared that made me jump. Um there were bits where I was flying. There were bits where I felt like I was falling. Um there are bits where you feel really, really calm. There are bits where you feel really anxious. It's very, very well done. The design, the sort of the level of the design, especially on the VR stuff, I think is really good. How long is it, hun? It's about an hour and a half. Okay. One thing I was going to say, so what's quite, in, in terms of all those different experiences that you get, they give you this little, they give you a heart rate monitor when you go in, like one of those Fitbit things. And so at various points during it, I sort of checked what my heart rate was. And it's really interesting to see like how much it changes like, so the bits where you're really sort of like calm and chilled and like asleep or whatever, your heart rate goes really down. And then when you get scared, it goes like, wee! Cool! Yeah. So tickets are £35 up to £50. Right. See, I thought it was just blanket 50 So there is cheaper tickets. There is cheaper tickets. Okay. I think if you can go during the day or right. if you go kind of later at night. Okay. What did you pay? 35 or 50 I think we paid 50 Would you say it's worth it? Yeah, I think it's worth it because I think it's I think it is quite unique. Um and there's also you kind of you go in quite small groups and there are bits where you make choices or can get separated and stuff. So there was one bit where I had a whole experience on my own um which was really cool and I think that's something that you don't get that often so I guess yeah. that's why you pay a bit more for it. Um do you have to wear anything in particular? Yeah, you get given, because it's all about sleep. Uh-huh. When you go in, they give you a dressing gown and, like, slipper socks. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Um, the one thing I would say about the... So I think it, I think you go in groups of six. And so I was just with one other person, and so we got put in with a group with other people, which was fine, apart from they were slightly annoying. They were those sort of people Ugh. where they'd kind of gone to an immersive thing, but they weren't that... <clears throat> into it you know how people sometimes obviously you know it's meant to make you feel uncomfortable it's meant to make you feel you know sort of nervous or whatever but they didn't kind of go with it yeah um and so but it was quite good because at one point I was sort of faced with this choice and I could either go with them or go off on my own and I went off on my own see ya yeah. <laughs> bye so it's like later bye. um and the last thing I'll say is that the bar at the end is really cool Madeline you've also been seeing a massive show 
Oh my god. I so wish that we'd all gone to this together. So it was at the Almeida Theatre. It's finished now, unfortunately. It was only on for a one day where it was paid. It was part of their under 25 festival. It was called Seance. And it's by this um, company called Darkfield, which I hadn't heard of before. But for it being something totally different, if you imagine the Almeida Theatre, outside of it in the street, they put this massive sea container. I saw white. it. Did you see it, honey? Yeah, I went past, past it. I saw it. Because at first I was like, oh, what the hell's going on? Are they doing some work on the Almeida? Then you realise, oh, no, that's where it is. So Summer in Smoke, which we're talking about later, that was happening inside the Almeida, and then this was outside. So basically you just go in, and they talk, and it's, it's all, all you know is it's going to be in the dark. Um, and what, it's interesting what you're saying, Ruby, about people not being into it because I went to the show it was Friday night it was at 10.20 was my showing and there was quite a lot of sort of drunk mm. kind of these these Italian guys I was just like oh but um and they you could tell I was like you're gonna really irritate me if this is anything other than us just sitting there and and so yeah it's that kind of sometimes when you do you look around at the different theatre goers around you and you think oh why can't we all just be as enthusiastic or as willing to participate as I am and it, <laughs> do you know what I mean though yeah, really I can't do, people just be more like me why can't they for god's sake anyway so you went into this box effectively a sea container there's a long narrow table with velvet chairs on either side strips of them so like old cinema seats there's 20 so 10 on either side you sat down there was headphones to the side of you and so I'm just telling you what happens because you can't see it now but I'd, I'd rather people knew about this um, you go in you put on your headphones and then you're plunged into darkness. And I know you kind of go, oh yeah, darkness, whatever. But rarely are you ever in dark, dark. You know, it's like at nighttime, there's always streetlights or there's stars. This kind of dark where it was so thick. You know, it was just, and you're thinking, have I got my eyes closed? Oh no, I've not. I'm, I've got my eyes open and can't see anything. Um, so basically you're wearing the headphones and the whole thing is a unique audio experience. And it's basically they lead you on a seance. Um, them sort of conjuring up things around you. But I have never experienced anything like it in my life. It was up there with one of the most terrifying experiences that I've ever had. Like, as in, I might, like, I would have loved if I'd had one of those wee Fitbit things on. Mm. My God, it probably would have exploded. My heart rate, my, like, the hairs on the back of my neck, I was thank god I had deodorant on sweating like an absolute bastard like honestly like it was it was 15 minutes long you said oh, wow yeah sure? like that was it. it was the shortest that but honey if it had gone any longer I probably would have had a heart yeah. attack so it, it was totally and it was all scary all but well, starts off and it's kind of calm so what it's doing it's like imagine that you've got these big like proper sort of expensive headphones on and it's like the sound's travelling. So what you think is happening is you think someone's running in front of you. So going from your right to your left, because mm. it's like travelling through your head. It's like a multi-directional soundscape. That's What's that company called? Darkfield. So I would totally look at darkfield.org. It's two guys that had, have put this together. They've done a few other things. And it was a fiver. That was one of the things. Oh and I, I left and I thought, Jesus, that's the most the best money I've ever spent. Oh, I'll get on their mailing list. Did mailing you see list Halloween. They yeah. probably will. We'll just have to keep our eye on them. Mm, see what yeah. comes up next. So good. Now, Oscar, uh, you mentioned in the last episode about going to see Caroline or Change, and you and Alice yes. went to see it last weekend. Yes. Did it live up to the hype? Yeah, I think it did, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. It was fantastic. 
you guys so have good. to go when it, it's got the West End transfer. So when we know which theatre it's going to be at, we'll let you know. It is. I do know now. It's going to be at Ooh. the Playhouse Theatre. Oh, hard off the that? press, ladies. Playhouse Theatre is right by Embankment. What have we seen there? Right down at the bottom. I don't think we've been seeing anything I there. I have. I've been... Is that where Glen Gary, Glen Ross was on? I went there recently. Ooh, possibly. That, right down by Embankment on the corner. I saw this amazing, amazing mm-hmm. actress um, in, a, in a show there. She, I don't know if you've heard her called Lindsay Lohan. Um, <gasps> did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You did go see Lindsay. Yeah, I did. And I saw her there and it was... It was, it was. A, I was, and it was amazing. She's so good at acting. She's so good at she, this whole thing where she forgot her lines, but I think it was totally written in. It's Bre- um, Brechtian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be on there. Um, it was really, really fantastic. I think you guys would really like it. Mm-hmm. It was just very different. It's not a play. It's not a musical. It's more like an opera meets a musical meets a play. So it's totally through composed. So there's music that runs throughout the whole thing. Basically what it's about, I'll give you a brief synopsis. It's set in Louisiana in 1963 and it tells the story of a maid called Caroline who works for this Jewish family. It's a father, his son and then his new wife. And the son kind of really likes Caroline. The maid doesn't really like his new mum, basically. And she, the new mum gets very upset that he keeps leaving change in his pockets. And so she tells Caroline that when she finds change in his pockets to teach him a lesson, I want you to keep the change. And so the whole play kind of hinges on this idea because it starts to emphasise Caroline's position where she's like, I'm taking money from a child. It's only meant to sort of teach him a lesson, but she's actually could use the money because like within a week or something, she collects a dollar and that's a lot. She's got four kids Is of her own. Is this present D? 63. Oh, right, okay, so set obviously when there was massive inequality and it's kind of about her oppression. The show opens and she works in the basement. There's this whole metaphor of her being under sea level. So she's underwater the whole time. And then the dryer and the washing machine come to life. So characters come on kind of dressed as the, the costumes are really fun. So a girl They're comes really on with a cool. bubble costume and she's oh. the washing machine that sings And she to was her. blowing bubbles as well. Oh, oh I love that. And a guy comes on and he's got all these red, like lit up pipes all over him and he's the heater. And they're kind of further emphasising her her oppressive state really and the misery that she lives in she's very stoic she's very quiet she's kind of consigned to her misery and then so that's the whole Caroline or change the title is firstly about the change that's left in these pockets but oh. about it's like just, I've just got the double meaning it's a double meaning so it's about that change and it's B. also about her resistance to change so around her in 1963 yeah, everything's changing her daughter is kind of talking about Martin Luther King and her, her other maid friend is going to night school and she's saying to Caroline, why aren't you going to night school? Why aren't you trying to better yourself? And Caroline's kind of in this position where she feels like it's almost too late or it's not worth it. She's kind of consigned to live the life she lives and she's very resistant to changing. She'd rather just stamp it all down and it's about this bubbling resentment that she has inside her. Madeline, um, um, one of the bits that I loved in it were the, these three girls that play... She has a radio that she like has on when she's doing the washing, yeah. and they gut they come to life as these three girls, and it was very Dream Girls esque. Oh, I the love harmonies that. were really good, and they had like tele, um, you know, like a sort of beaker on their head, like wire, like they were actual radios, oh. and they just did these amazing songs. It was very. There are a lot of Dream Girls sort of the music similarities, was... and like you know how it's like Effie, I told you, yes, like, it's a lot of that when they're waiting for the bus stop, they're sort of shouting, singing at each other, and. It's that very eclectic. Really it uses like a lot of different musical styles from like Motown to gospel and spirituals to then the Jewish family. There's a whole kind of oh, yes. music sort of Hanukkah scene that was really good. Really funny. So really interesting array of like musical styles, singing styles, 
So just really, really, really unusual. And the main actress, Sharon D. Clark, who we saw in, in uh, Remember the Life. Oh, I, at it's Southwark. She was the prostitute that sang that really great song. Oh, all the men yes. So she plays Caroline and she just plays it with this like stillness. She kind of barely does anything. And then at the end, she has this huge soliloquy and it's incredible. Very like, moving. The moment Ooh. she finished, there was this whole moment of pause and then you just hear one lady go, bravo. And oh, really? Every, yeah, and then everyone started clapping. I forgot. Did you a- cry? Yeah, a couple of times I, I felt like I could have done it. It's very serious. The whole thing's incredibly serious and emotional it's very it was really good uh, there was a beautiful um they talk about the moon a lot and the weather and they have a woman that comes down in a big chair illuminated chair from the ceiling and she's the moon oh, and she's dripping oh, wow. in sounds amazing it's really good yeah the set was really good and i think the way they dealt with all those issues of of race and class and it, they just did it really it was very sophisticated in the way it did it it wasn't kind of like Memphis or something where they kind of tackle issues of race and prejudice but in a in a more musical theatre way a little bit more on the nose this has some really interesting ideas and that the family that she works for it's not the typical they're not like they're not oppressive to her purposefully they're quite forward-thinking liberal people but the relationship is still she is their maid I like that part where she what was it she said something about wearing a white dress and white tights and she said I'm dressed I'm not dressed to be able to play I'm dressed to work because you know you cannot, can't get yourself dirty. Yeah. So she can't play with the child or anything. Yeah, there's some really, really good lyrics, mm. and, and the performances were incredible. The mum who was in Matilda, she was original Miss oh, Honey. Yeah, she was, was really, really good. Yeah. And the dad, I finally worked out what he was from. Go on then. Um, she loves me at the Menier. Don't even remember seeing it. Oh well, <laughs> I do. And that's what he was from. <laughs> The one who played the clarinet. I remember you going on said... about that for ages. Oh, I don't remember it. But I said Did that I there was that? the woman in it, Oscar. I don't think we went. Who I played the the mother-in-law? Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, we've seen her, and she was in. She did Pupsi in Pajama Game. Pajama Game. Uh, and was okay. I right? Wait, oh, I didn't check oh, that. Oscar. Sorry. So you only looked up your one. You should have yes. looked up the one that I wanted well, to look at. Or you looked up your yes. own stuff. No, you just didn't want me to know, recognize somebody. That's all this is just about. Just come prepared with your own observations. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. okay so I'd have looked up if it was her or not. Siblings. Is it time for a drink? Almost. Ooh. Let me just quickly tell you how you can see Carolina change. Oh, sorry. It's all, it's all sold <laughs> I out. I think it's time for a drink, too. The drinks be coming, calm down. It's, it's all sold, sold out. out. We know it's sold but out. It's you can't to, see it. It's coming to the West End oh, I. November. So it comes um, to the Playhouse Theatre on the 20th of November to the 9th of February. Previews are from the 20th to the 24th. So a short preview window. Tickets are like £10 cheaper. So shall I go and make the drinks then now? I wish you would. <laughs> I thought you'd never ask. Yeah, no, I'm going to look up who that bloody woman was. Give me your phone, Michael. So, here they are, everybody. Cheers. 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 Oscar, I love the fact that this week we've got a cocktail that's nice and big. Yes. It's huge. Like, this will take me to the end of this episode to drink it. Oh, it's a long one. Mm. So this is called... A summer in smoke. Mm. <gasps> it does taste smoky. Yeah, so, well, basically, because this week we went to see Carolina Change, which was set in Louisiana. We're about to review Summer in Smoke at the Almeida, which was set in Mississippi. So I was thinking I'll do a classic southern cocktail, mm. but they all use whiskey, and I don't have any whiskey. So I thought I'd just make something up. Also so it gives I... me a terrible headache. Exactly. Oh. So I thought I'd just make something up. So I thought, title of the play, Summer in Smoke. So this is Summer, Pims. Mm. And smoke, yeah. mezcal. Oh, oh clever. So clever. So it's, yeah, just Pim's 
mezcal and then um, a cloudy lemonade and some fresh mint. So it's just a smoky, they smoky They complement each other so well because yeah. I couldn't yeah. think what it was. I was like, oh, that's what it is. It's pins. Guys, don't you just think just from the look of it, we so could, should be like sitting on a porch wearing gingham. Oh, wish we oh, were. I took gingham. I do. <laughs> I'm not sure about the gingham actually. I just Oscar, want to be sitting my... on a porch somewhere warm. Yeah, Oscar, do you remember my school dress when we were little and I used to wear, like the, our school uniform was the dress, the exact same dress that they wore on Home and Away. Oh, I love oh, yeah. that. Remember, like you don't remember me. I remember. I remember wearing it. We all had a gingham dress at school. I'd get home and be like, right, get that off. I want to wear it. <laughs> Naughty. So yeah, I mean, watching Summer and Smoke, we're about to talk about it, but let's I, just drink. Who wants to talk about shit? But watching it, I felt like I was. It, it created that feeling of a sort of hot mm. Mississippi summer, right. and the yeah. whole time was we walked out an interval into the street, and it was all cold. It was quite a shock. So yeah, yeah. you kind of want to watch it drinking this. It's, yeah. it's quite a refreshing summary. Um, so let's just talk about it then. Should we talk about it. Summer and Smoke. It's a Tennessee Williams play. One yeah. that I didn't know at all, actually. Yeah, really it's not a very well known one because I didn't know the play at all. Obviously, I went in without any expectations. Mm. Which actually, usually, obviously, with Tennessee Williams, you kind of go in sort of knowing no, but... what you're going to be hit with. And actually, it was really nice to be watching something where, yeah, I had no idea what was going to happen. I think you're right. I think they created the world really well. Yeah, it's a very bare stage. There's pretty much nothing. There's nine pianos around, creating a sort of semicircle. But still so inventive. The sound design was really oh, cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it kind of opens with the main character. It's very Tennessee Williams. It's a bit similar to the Laura character in Glass Menagerie. She's yeah. full of sort of quirks and she's got this kind of nervous disposition where she yeah. gulps too much air and it makes her heart beat too fast and this sort of nervous energy isn't yeah. it yeah which could be so annoying you can see that character you just want to slap her but i thought the actress who's called patsy, uh, patsy ferron was incredible it was really believable and kind of sweet i didn't if you see someone putting it on too much that you just want to slap them whereas i felt like she was actually genuinely yeah like that and it made me feel really yeah. sorry for her yeah it was good actually because you're right she did she really irritated me at the beginning. Mm. I was like, oh, God. But then, actually, because you're sympathetic towards her and because of the way the character's played, you do start to really like her. She's still kind of frustrating, I think. A very but believable all those, like, the, that whole thing you're saying, the gulping of the air, the, like, the ticks that she incorporated into that character, where they were... Incre- she was just outstanding. Like, I could... I felt watching it thinking... Oh, why? That's not the last we've seen of you, Patsy. You know, she's absolutely, she's <laughs> totally, she she's going to be complete one to watch. I don't know what else she's done, but she was just so believable. No, I've never seen her before. I've never heard of her. Yeah. You know, Tennessee Williams often has these central female characters who are really stuck and they don't necessarily tend to make it out of that state during the play. Mm. Whereas I felt like with this, it was kind of a happy ending yeah, for Tennessee Williams, which is yeah. Yeah, you know, sort true. of pretty surprising. And... It was really nice, actually, to have that kind of sense of her journey and her actually having learnt something and sort of really making changes about the way that she was going to live. And the performances made it all believable. He was really good as well, and Matthew Needham. And that his, he made his kind he of journey hot. and his, yeah, he was his change hot. very realistic. I thought also the pianos and the music, and they did this amazing thing during it where I wasn't quite sure... You couldn't, we're from our seats, we couldn't quite see what they were doing, but it was almost like they'd got a violin bow... And we're dragging that across the piano strings, do you remember? Yeah. And that, that the noise of that could have been so evocative of this summer madness in a way. That was that was really good. And my question to Oscar at the end was saying to him, I was like, do you think for these roles, 
do they come to that as an actor knowing how to play the piano or do they learn to play the piano for the role? They come knowing it, Madeline. Because you better, you better come prepared. And in Carolina Change, the actor who played the dad played clarinet like an absolute pro. Mm-hmm. And I think if you want to be an actor nowadays, you know, it used to be the whole triple threat. You've got to be mm. a singer, dancer, actor. Now, if you can't play an instrument, <laughs> operate a giant horse puppet... Just don't even a- bother. Then don't bother. Like, actors don't nowadays have to be able to... If you look at people's CVs, they probably can play, like, instruments. They can do puppetry. There's so many more requirements of modern theatre, oh, I think. Like Joey Tribbiani. You like Joey Tribbiani. <laughs> Stop bringing everything back to Friends. Sorry, I'm just Matt LeBlanc obsessed. Oh. But yeah, it was a very talented cast, and the soundscapes they created were so cool, just like banging on the pianos or like hitting the strings, and then they used microphones in a really interesting mm. way. Oh. So when someone would get a phone call, the, oh, the lapel mics really they have in their hair that you can't usually, where well, you can see them a little bit that's amplifying their voice, it would switch the amplification to sound like an old tiny telephone just as they're speaking. It was really clever. Oh, so I they, didn't realise that's what they were doing I didn't know that. how they did it either. Yeah. Yeah. You just explained it to me. So they're all, they're all mic'd up and they're having slight amplification. But oh, then, so how did you know that? Because they always are in, in most things, unless you're in a tiny theatre. But theater. how did you know that's how, how they do that? Because that's just how you do it. Well, if you know that, why can't you sort out the sound quality of our podcast? It will <laughs> improve, Apologies, guys. audience. It's going to improve. Okay. Um, just to say, the most exciting thing about that whole performance for me personally was that we spotted that Chris North... Oh, you're going to steal Mr. my eyes! Yeah, Ruby spotted Chris North in the interval. You would never have known he was there I would if have I hadn't seen And then him. she said... He's, I've just seen Chris North, and I said, oh my well, God. Well, I said, I've just seen Mr. Big queuing for the gents. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> what, Big what? And you're just like, no, no, Mr. Big. Oh, right, okay. So then me and Oscar went outside afterwards and waited like absolute stalkers <laughs> until we could see him. We basically had eyes trained on every exit and entrance of Almeida. And at this point, we were all standing in the street. Yeah, but at this like, point, they're already that. at the bus stop. Can I, I just say, remember. I was waiting for Peter Florick, not Mr. Big. Oh, so, sorry. Good wife. I would be waiting for Peter Florick, too. Yeah, Peter Florick all the way. Oh, you he'll always there, be Alice, Mr. Big. I mean, although obviously Peter Florick is what I've seen him doing most recently, he'll always be Mr. Big to me. Oh, he's always Mr. Big to me. No, I've Peter. lived through that marriage. When you've been through yeah. what I've been through with Alicia Florick, I've been We've on a campaign there. trail with him. I've been through a divorce. No Multiple spoilers, please, trails. no spoilers. Oh. Oh, hurry up, get on Netflix, bitch. <laughs> so any closing thoughts on Summer well, Smoke? I just actually, the, the thing I wanted to talk about was the seats. Actually, oh, yes. Because um, we always buy the £10 tickets in the Almeida and usually I've sat either up in the circle on the sides um, mm-hmm. or in the side stalls and for this one we were at the back of the stalls in the sort of central block and there's a pillar sort of in front of you and actually it was the first time that I've had one of those £10 seats where I've been like this is really annoying me Yeah. because where I was sat because I was you were in the row right in mm-hmm. front of the pillar and I was the row one behind and that pillar was just smack bang in the middle of the stage and so all those scenes where it's Alma and John the doctor's son like, and they're sort of having this you know tender moment or they're having an intense discussion or you know whatever it is they just had this pillar going right Slicing, down the middle of yeah. them and it was really bothering me actually what's the seat number that was seat J19 in the stalls avoid and so we were directly in front of you so we must have been I think it was probably a bit we better were... for you guys because it you're closer like... to the pillar whereas me being one back 
it was kind of right smack yeah. bang in yeah because to me it was kind of stage right of my sight so it wasn't wasn't too annoying so yeah is it it is a risk so yeah j19 not good Slightly yeah. sort of bizarre thing to say that it's, I don't mean to be too mean or anything. Is it crowd in the Almeida? Quite odd crowd. Yeah, we always do sit next to someone slightly, slightly weird. Slightly weird in the Almeida. Oh, I had some sick woman next to me. Yeah, she got up with her bloody jacket that she yeah. would keep sort of rustling. It sounded like she was, she was like, putting up home. a tent. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it was, it was like, like a vinyl puffer jacket and she kept moving it and as it slid against her her other clothes it was like unravelling her sleeping bag oh and then opening up her bag and looking for things and I thought I've heard everything you've done in this before like moving constantly (laughs) well the woman next to me fell asleep at one point and literally landed on my shoulder bloody hell made me jump you're like, I know it's a Friday night. She's in the week for all of us. She'd done yeah, that thing no. where she just nodded up and then she sort of woke herself up and yeah. was like, sorry. We had Mr. Mad Laughter in front of us, didn't we? The one that was like, ah, 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 and it was like, okay, cheap. But like, the most inopportune sort of moment. Yes, he was like oddly beats behind or something. And then yeah, like, oh, it was my. like he just got the joke and then he was like, ah, and you're like, dude, chill. Yeah, yeah so so give so me the Almeida bad rap. Oh, we love the Almeida though. But we oh, do we love the Almeida. We don't see everything there. We're we're some of the odd people that go. <laughs> us and Peter Florek. Oh, oh my god! I know. Imagine, exactly. If I'd been there, we would have gone and spoken to him. Well, that's it. I did think I did take a photo of him from behind because we then he left the theatre and we walked behind him, and he was sort of with his partner or whatever. And then they were standing and they were on City Map or trying to work out where they were going to go. And I was just desperate to be like, "Can I help you? Can I, do you want me to help you know where you're going? My car's around the corner. I can drive you somewhere." <laughs> Talking of celebs, Olivier's were last night. Yes, yes, yes. So Hamilton was the big winner of the night, I think. It's a one-seven Olivier's, which is kind of everyone knew it would, I think, after it had done so well at the time. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it deserved to It was expected to do really yeah. well. It did deserve to win, except in one category. Oh, oh. no. So Hamilton, support- no, Hamilton won Best Choreography, mm-hmm. which, you know, the choreography was good because it was kind of integral to the piece. It's not dance as much as it's movement. And yeah. it, you know, they did lots of interesting stuff. I loved it. But when Chris Wilden's American in Paris loses to people, you know, picking chairs up and taking them over their head, I kind of think it's a bit of an outrage. That's true. A bit that of an outrage. An American, that American, was like ballet. That was American Paris. It was amazing. Beautiful. That was, it was inc- that an incredibly beautiful. choreographed show. And yet, you know, people in white tights doing hip hop. Do you Don't think re- at that point the panel had just got a bit like, oh, just give it to Hamilton. Just give it to Hamilton. <laughs> But I mean, you know, there was some really great stuff on Hamilton movement-wise, but I just think and maybe they're I'm trying to be more modern. I was about your chair comment because when Oscar was at school and he was in the drama club. Oh, we did a lot of picking up chairs and swinging them around your that head. That was his main prop. And it was like, what can we do with the chair? We've got a bridge. Yeah. We're having, like, well, just scene to scene, you just pick up that chair and you spin it around. And Hamilton did a lot of that and it was great, but come on. Christopher Wilden. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, won. I agree. I mean, that's outrageous. And if not him, 42nd Street. Um, talking of an American in Paris, they did win the award for set design, which I think was really well deserved. Um, um, Bob Crowley and 59 Productions. That was um, a really cool set. The way they use simple it was but intricate. That but whole but show is so stuff. beautiful. Yeah, I yeah. just think everything about it, it was just kind of so romantic and glamorous mm. and I just loved it we love you Bob we love you so yeah. much and if people still want to see American Paris because we're raving about it there is a way even though it's finished so it's closed on the West End but um, they are doing a cinema showing of it on mm. the 16th of May Oscar I really feel like you should have watched the Olivier's 
I, well, I couldn't watch it last night, but I'm going to. I watch it on TV. The thing is, they always shot so terribly. Yeah, that's true. You know, they have people come on and perform. You've got such great performances, and they just don't ever really do them justice. And I feel like people who may... Well, no one's tuning in for that other than hardcore theatre fans and just general gays, are they? Mm. But um, it's <laughs> it just never really does any of the shows justice, the way they film that. It's not the Tony Awards, is it? Let's face it. Let's face it. Um, the other one I wanted to mention was The Ferryman, which mm-hmm. also uh, picked up quite a lot of awards. It's Jess Busworth play, and it, it really is brilliant. It's quite long, it's a bit of an epic, uh, but the dialogue, the sort of characterisation... Um, the story and the way it's kind of done it's like all these it's quite a big cast and there's lots of little moments in it all the supporting actors kind of get their little moment and it's it's really really worth seeing and it's still on until the 19th of May I think it is and I did actually have a little look on the website um, and there are still tickets yeah I feel like I should really just I be think going to go. see it you can even get I a ticket know. for I'm £15 gonna... pounds, like, which I set up at the back and actually I I didn't feel like I missed out on that much by being yeah. high up. So I, I don't think you need to spend a lot of money. Or I'd do day seats. I'd just buy the bullet and go early. Um, okay, my other thing was that Bertie Corral won um, Best Supporting Actor for Inc. Inc. Oh, I saw it. twice oh, last year. So I loved it. Yeah, I, I, could, I would go and see Ink again. I thought that was such a terrific play. James Graham is amazing. And he's got Quiz, which is starting. And I'm going to see that this week. Um, oh yeah, I'm coming we'll, too. Yes, we'll review quiz. That'll be exciting. Um, what else are we going to see? The writer. The writer at the, the Almeida. Almeida. Um, then we're going to see the Mercado at the King's Head, which was top tip, wasn't it? A couple of that weeks was ago. Top tip. It was. I'm so excited. I just love all the songs from it. I could listen to that sound like the soundtrack all day. I think it's so funny. It is hilarious. Yeah, that's a lot to cover next week. Yeah. And my prediction for next year's Olivier's is Sharon D. Clark will win Best Actress in a Musical. Are you even going to watch Olivier's next year? No, but she'll win. She should win. Anyway, that's my prediction. We'll see if it comes true. Ooh, you heard it here first. You heard it here first, people. (laughs) So that's it for this week. Um, Don't forget to keep following us on Instagram. It's at Theatre Club Podcast, um, where you'll see a picture and recipe of the cocktail that I made this week. And the back of Chris North's head. (gasps) My photo copyright, thank you. (laughs) We'll upload that. And, of course, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, give us a rating, give us a review. And until next time, see ya! Bye! Goodbye. Let's move on with these chairs, they've got heavy. <laughs> <laughs>